I wanted to check to make sure I wasn't going to ruin this. You couldn't possibly ruin it. You're, you are the glue. You're delightful. Don't I, worry. I am sticky. I mean, I wasn't going to say that, <laughs> but if you'd like to be sticky, I guess. You said I was glue. That's on you. That's on you. Um, you have plenty of time to be sticky. Don't worry. You don't need that just yet. Um, <laughs> you're uh, you're going to have kids someday. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, this is Crime Culture. Hi. That's Haley. She's yep. gonna, she's she's sticky. I'm not, Caitlin. I'm not, not sticky. I am and neither am I. Neither of us are particularly sticky. Uh you can be sticky though, if that's your sort of thing. Um Sure. We're not yucking anybody's yum. No. But never. Never not once. Never ever. But yeah. What are you up to today? How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh this is our first recording back from Doing a bunch of recordings in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. We're As just, we remember how to do this. Yeah. We're, we're doing our best. We're doing... We're doing our best. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're just... We, we saw each other. Back. We Yes, we came. We saw. We conquered. We did. We um, got our auras red. We got our auras red. We got our... We got our tarot card did you do a tarot card reading or was that just me that was was just me um sorry we went to a we went to a fun little market went to a hippie flea market yes that was delightful um we got food we got to we got to just be with each other and we get to vibe together we could ask for more of that i got my mothman yes i posted in our uh uh, discord more on the discord later but if you want to join our discord message us and we'll send you the link but um we have an arts and crafts channel that i just Mm -hmm. posted in that i made caitlin a little traveling mothman and it's so cute yeah and i've been working on different uh little cryptids so if you want to see those join our discord yeah um but other than that we have a doozy of an episode today. That's what you warned me with. I did. And I teased uh, a little bit earlier this month that we were going to talk about this case, and I wanted to do it earlier in the month, but because we had to pre-record a bunch of stuff, I didn't have it ready because mm-hmm. I had to read, uh, re- well, reread two books um, in preparation for this um, because I definitely wanted to make sure it was as accurate as possible, and I also pulled quotes from both books, so... We got that mm. going on. Uh, this is a case that I am very interested in um, because it happened like not too long ago. Like I remember, oh. I remember when this case like was solved. Oh shit, Nessie! Yeah. Somehow I don't. I I you don't know somehow... too much about this. This we're talking about the Cleveland kidnappings with Ariel Castro. Oh, yeah. Ariel Castro! I know. Yeah. You just buried the lead there. That's all. I did a little bit. Yeah. Oh. So um, if you don't know anything about this case, I'm going to do a big old trigger warning up top. Mm. We are talking all of the bad stuff today. Um, we're talking domestic abuse, forced imprisonment, rape, torture, um, forced abortion, um, just every bad thing. We're talking about all the bad shit. This is yeah. a, a gold star episode a gold star episode i like it yes yeah yeah this is a bad one 
Um, but it's a very interesting case because of how long it went on for. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump right in. I'm going to do a little backstory about Ariel Castro himself. I don't want to linger too long on this asshole, but I no. think it um, it kind of sets things up for what is going to happen. Right. So basically, uh, Ariel Castro was born in Puerto Rico in 1960. His parents divorced when he was young, and he moved to Redding, Pennsylvania with his mother and three siblings. And they all eventually moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where Castro's father mm-hmm. and other family members were living at the time. Altogether, he had nine full siblings. Uh, sorry, he had nine siblings, uh, both a mix of full and half siblings. Mm-hmm. So it's a big family. Um, he met his girlfriend, Grimelda Figueroa. Figueroa. Okay. Figueroa. I looked up how to okay. say it multiple times <laughs> and still fucked it up. Figueroa. No, you got um, it. So he met her when his family moved in across the street from her house. Uh, mm-hmm. They lived with both sets of parents at different points in their relationship. They eventually got married. Um, and then they eventually moved into the now infamous 2207 Seymour Avenue in cleveland ohio in 1992 and it was at this time that figueroa's sister uh elida caraballo um said quote all hell started breaking loose end quote oh caraballo and her husband frank claimed that castro beat figueroa uh he broke her nose ribs and arms and it caused blood clots on her brain that resulted in her inoperable brain tumor so he basically caused her to have a brain tumor yeah holy shit he threw her down the stairs and cracked her skull (gasps) uh he was arrested for domestic violence in 1993 but was not indicted by a grand jury oh my god i don't see how but that's how it happened yeah holy shit in 1996 figueroa was able to move out with police assistance and get custody of her four children according to caraballo castro continued to threaten and attack figueroa for leaving him in 2005 figueroa filed several charges in cuyahoga county domestic relations court accusing him of inflicting multiple severe injuries and of quote-unquote frequently abducting their daughters who she had custody of Oh, my God. The court was granted a temporary restraining order, and it was dismissed just a few months later. Figueroa eventually died in 2012 due to complications from her brain tumor. And before his arrest, Castro worked as a school bus driver. Imagine that. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, so he was fired oh for what is called bad judgment, which includes <laughs> making an illegal U-turn with children on the bus leaving a child on the bus during his lunch break oh you're kidding and leaving the bus unattended while he was taking a nap uh he also used the bus to go grocery shopping for himself your fucking joke oh my god so in one of the books that i'm going to be talking about later um they the kidnapped women talk about how he boasted that he was like yeah i got fired like i've been trying to get fired for a while because like i'll be able to collect uh, unemployment and it's better for me to get fired than if i were to quit and blah 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 so like, and i didn't i didn't really get fired i just i was just trying to get them to fire well me no he because, he talked well at least he talked to the women about how much he was trying to get fired yeah like he would okay. talk back to his supervisors like he was a fucking nightmare of a person in yeah, all aspects definitely turns out. i'm sure i'm sure though that was actually what he was trying to do and not that he just sucked at his fucking job these people they can't they can't be losers they simply no. refuse to 
acknowledge it. I don't know. And this is pathetic. I, I don't know if I truly illustrate this throughout the episode. You'll have to. I mean, I'm going to say multiple times throughout this. You got to read these two books um, uh, written by the women that he abducted. Uh, they are harrowing, to say the least. Um, the, what they went through, I can't imagine. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It is horrifying what they had to deal with and they are stronger than anyone i've ever known um but they they talk about how much he kind of like gaslit them and to be like Mm -hmm. he 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 made it seem like him abducting them was like doing them a favor oh my god and how much like they should be thanking him and like he would he would lie like straight to their faces and then they, they all knew at points they were like i know he's lying like yeah. i don't know why he's like trying to cover this up and pretend like he's a good person like why are you lying narcissist. about all this it's crazy so uh we're gonna start with well i mean if anybody doesn't know he kidnapped three women over a course of three or four years and mm-hmm. kept them for several years so the first uh he kidnapped was named michelle knight and Michelle had an extremely hard life before she was kidnapped. In her first memoir, which I'll talk about, she explains how she came from a toxic household and was raped by a family member. At some points in her life, she lived with her whole family in a car. And at one point, she lived by herself. She ran away. She lived by herself in a oh. barrel under an overpass. Oh. Yeah. She lived with a drug dealer for a little while. Uh, which she actually recalls kind of fondly. She was like, that was actually like a pretty good stable time in my life Mm -hmm. living with him. Um, She dropped out of school when she was 17 after becoming pregnant with her son, Joey from a high school boyfriend, not from the family member that assaulted her. Mm -hmm. Um, But when Joey was a toddler, he was injured by Michelle's mother's abusive boyfriend. And that caused the state to place Joey in foster care oh my god yeah so on the day that she went missing which was august 23rd 2002 michelle was actually on her way to appear in court to fight for custody of her son no yeah so (gasps) she she didn't have a car or a ride so she set out to walk which was going to take over an hour to get there in august it was hot dedicated mother holy shit! oh she she would have done anything for her son um when she stopped at the family dollar to ask for directions because this is 2002 i mean she didn't have a car let alone a computer to like map quest this like she Mm -hmm. had to just ask people like how do i get to this place hoping she would make it for her appointment um she was approached by her friend emily's dad ariel castro he offered to drive her to her appointment but before they went, he offered um, a puppy to her son. He said that his dog had just had a litter and that Michelle could pick one for Joey. And Michelle was definitely hesitant, but agreed because she was like, okay, this would be like good for him, whatever. Um, and they went to Castro's house. He led oh. her upstairs to where he said he was keeping the puppies. And when she entered the bedroom, Castro slammed the door shut behind her, which would start the nightmare that she would be living in for 11 years. Oh my God. Yeah. He assaulted her multiple times and then chained her in a basement he gagged her and put a motorcycle helmet over her head to muffle her cries for help while blasting a radio uh she was 21 years old at this point oh my god yeah um on april 21st 2003 the day before her 17th birthday amanda berry got out of work early from her shift from burger king she called her boyfriend for a ride, but he didn't answer. So she set out to walk just the, flu- the few blocks home. 
Like, it's closer than, like, my walk to work. Like, it's like, it, she said, maybe 10 blocks or a 10-minute walk, whatever it was. Uh -huh. um, she was on the phone with her sister when a car pulled up next to her, and she vaguely recognized uh, the man that had pulled over. It was Ariel Castro, the father of a former Burger King employee that Amanda knew, and a girl that she went to middle school with. So she recognized him, kind of. Um, yeah. She told her sister that she had gotten a ride, she got in the car, and never made it home. Oh, Just God. as he had done with Michelle, Castro took Amanda into the house, assaulted her, threw her in the basement, and chained her down there. A year later, on April 2nd, 2004, 14-year-old Gina de Jesus had just gotten out of school and was ready to start the weekend. She was hoping to hang out with her friend Arlene Castro, but when Arlene called her mom for permission to sleep over Gina's house, she said no. Gina had spent her bus money on snacks at lunch, so she started the two-mile walk home in kind of like a drizzly rain. No. Yeah. She didn't get far before Ariel Castro pulled up and asked Gina for help finding his daughter. Castro was her friend's father. He was friendly with her parents. They had been to multiple parties and events together. So Gina got in the car with him. She knew, she knew this person. Ugh. She was concerned when they turned to go back to his house. He said that he needed to get some money for something. But still, she didn't really have any reason not to trust him. She had known him for a while. It's her um, friend's dad. Exactly. Uh, but again, um, Castro's ex-wife had custody of the kids. So, like, he really shouldn't have been, like, picking them up and stuff like that. But Yeah, but he wasn't. He was picking up her. Yeah, exactly. Not her friend. Exactly. So, when they reached the house, Castro asked Gina for help moving something into his truck. A, a, a grown man is never going to need a 14-year-old's help. Let me just An say An adult that. is never going to need a 14-year-old's help. Exactly. Forget that. Uh, once inside the house, Gina was led to the basement, like the other women, and she was chained down there. Um, so it's at this point that there are two narratives kind of running side by side. There's the story inside the house of the women being kept in this captivity. And then there's also the story, which I'm going to start with, which is kind of about like the, the search efforts of like what okay. happened outside the house, how they're searching for these women. Okay. So Amanda was originally thought to be a runaway. At the time of her disappearance, she had been in a fight with some family members um, over her brother-in-law's treatment of her sister. She's like, I don't like how he's treating my sister. Like, I'm not talking to him. She was kind of like, I mean, it was right before her 17th birthday. We all know what it's like to be 16. Yep. Um, but a week after she went missing, an unidentified male used her cell phone to call her mother and said, quote, I have Amanda. She'll be coming home in a couple of days end quote what and that was castro castro admitted to amanda that he called her family and said that he would be returning her he told all of them so many times oh like i'll bring you back after christmas oh when i send you guys home or when i do that like he talks so much about like bringing them home and i'm like dude what how are you ever fuck? gonna get out of this yeah what he had no fuck? exit plan he had absolutely no exit plan there was no end game to Ugh. this yeah um and also, like, Amanda's family knew she did not run away because she had just been on the phone with her sister. It was the day before her birthday. She was going to go, like, to a party or something that weekend. She left all of her money in her room. She left everything she had. Why she, Why yeah. would she have run away? Even if you're yeah. in a fight with somebody, you're going to run away and not take anything? Right. That's insane. Exactly. Exactly. 
So her disappearance was featured on a 2004 episode of America's Most Wanted, which was re-aired in 2005 and 2006, by which time Gina's case was linked as well. Both women's stories were featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show and The Montel Williams Show, where self-proclaimed psychic Sylvia Brown told Luana Miller, who was Amanda's mother, in November 2004 that her daughter was dead and that she was, quote, in water, end quote. What? Um, what Amanda's, the fuck? Amanda saw this whole thing happen on the TV from her captivity. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. So she saw her mother's heart break yeah. when the psychic said that she was dead obviously Holy this devastated shit. miller causing her to take down pictures and give away amanda's computer oh, however no. miller continued to search for amanda before dying from heart failure in early march 2006 no yes amanda's mother oh. died before she could see her be rescued oh which my is god one of the most devastating parts of this entire story that oh my gosh she, yeah she basically like they said in in both books and multiple articles she basically died of a broken heart yeah, yeah. oh my god that's so horrific and that fucking sylvia brown bitch should be i don't know put Absolutely. away for like how dare you fucking that's say shit like so that so fucked up holy shit that's so fucked up um so a year after Gina's disappearance in 2005, the FBI released a composite sketch and description of a male suspect described as, quote, Latino, 25 to 35 years of age, 5 foot 10 inches tall, or 1.78 meters, uh, 165 to 185 pounds, 75 to 84 kilograms, with green eyes, a goatee, and possibly a pencil-thin beard, end quote. Uh, according to court records, Castro was five foot seven, 179 pounds with brown eyes and a goatee relatively close to that, uh, that composite. He was yeah. within the height range, within the weight range, had a goatee. I mean, it's hard to tell the fucking eye color. Like I don't blame anybody, right. especially from far away. Yeah. Um, so in July, 2012, a prison inmate named Robert Wolford, who had lived in Tremont, which is the, the area in mm -hmm. Cleveland that we're talking about, um, claimed uh, that he had information about the location of Amanda's body. He led police to an empty lot on Cleveland's west side where they conducted an extensive search but found nothing. He was sentenced in January 2013 to four and a half years in prison for obstruction of justice, making a false report, and making false alarm. Again, this is something that all of the women watched on tv from castro's house yeah they literally the sat fun. like they talk about it in the book they sat next to castro and he was like they ain't gonna find nothing there he's like yeah Holy no shit. shit dude you're fucking sitting next to her oh my crazy God. what a fucking asshole holy yeah. shit yeah so the disappearances received regular media attention into 2012 while the families held public vigils of which castro attended at least two Oh he also God. reportedly participated in a search party and tried to get close to the De Jesus family. Castro's son, Anthony, was a journalism student in 2004, and he interviewed Gina's mother for an article about the disappearances <gasps> in the Plain Press newspaper. Anthony had oh nothing to do with God. it. Castro's son had absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah, uh, but can you imagine? Yeah, it ends up being his dad. Like, yeah. Wow. What are the fucking oh, odds? Oh, how horrific. So police kept guy. the investigation open and offered a $25,000 reward for information. According to Castro's uncle, his family knew the De Jesus uh, family and had lived in the same neighborhood. Castro 
falsely claimed that he was not aware that Gina was a member of the family when he abducted her. He absolutely fucking knew. He mm. he told them that he had followed all three of them at different points and knew that he was going to abduct them. So I don't oh fucking believe God. that shit. No. Yeah. Um. Now we're switching gears to what's happening inside the house. Um. So the things that like I said, the things that these women went through are just so brutal and upsetting. It's really kind of hard to articulate. So I think the only way to really talk about this is to use their own words. So these descriptions of their captivity are going to come straight from uh, the two books that were written about it. And um, so during the first week of captives captivity, while she was still chained in the basement, Michelle, who was the first one abducted, uh, was tortured beyond description mm -hmm. uh she said quote what happened over the next three hours is still hard for me to think about he didn't just rape me the way he had upstairs he murdered my heart or at least the small part <gasps> of it that was left after what i went through when i was a girl he forced me to do things that are too painful for me to describe things that i had never done and would never do again i couldn't scream i couldn't pray i couldn't even ask god to help me get back to joey I was in so much shock and fear that all I could do was lie there like I was dead. In a way, I think part of you has to die in order to get through a thing like that. The wow. only way a person can survive it. End quote. Wow. Which is just unimaginable. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely unimaginable. Um, as time went on, Michelle heartbreakingly talks about kind of just losing hope of rescue. Yeah. Quote, there was nothing I could do but sit there in the dark and try to keep myself from going crazy. I slept mm -hmm. for many hours. If I thought he had gone to work, I pounded my I pounded the back of my helmet against the pole and rattled the chains, hoping a neighbor would hear the noise and call 911. In oh. between, I prayed a lot, like for hours on end. I remember the Bible verse the minister in the Baptist church often read, Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. If the neighbors can't hear me screaming, maybe God can, I thought. But as the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months, I began to wonder if God had forgotten me too. Oh my God. How heartbreaking. Yeah. And so he, he, when he first led her into the house, he attacked her upstairs, uh, strung her up. He, she talks about it in her book um, and assaulted her. And then he eventually threw her downstairs and chained her to a pole, which is where she was kept for quite some time before he moved her back upstairs and then i think the next year is when he abducted amanda mm -hmm. and it was the same thing that like as soon as he would have somebody new he would chain them downstairs for a while um so amanda talks about her first day in the house saying quote it's time to go upstairs he says after i finish eating what choice do i have i follow him up the stairs and into the bedroom where he raped me just lay down and relax, he says, pointing to the mattress, which has no sheets. He lies down beside me, and I brace myself for what's next. But he seems exhausted, like he was up all night. At least an hour passes, maybe more. He is inches from me, asleep, or pretending to be. I'm afraid to move or make a sound. My mom and Beth, that's her sister, mm -hmm. must be losing their minds, so scared about what has happened to me. I'm so scared about what is happening to me. And then suddenly, he opens his eyes, stands up, and says, let's go downstairs. He walks me down... 
to the basement, sits me against the pole, and locks a chain tight around my stomach. I cry and cry, but he only turns up the volume on the TV, shuts off the light, and walks back upstairs without a word. It is oh so dark. God. And then I remember it is my birthday. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. You forget that this happened on her fucking birthday. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely terrible. Horrific. Yeah, right? Holy shit. Yeah, again, this is a bummer of an episode, guys. This is this is not great. Um, so I'm not even going to quote this part because there's a just truly upsetting chapter in Michelle's book that I can't even really paraphrase about her first pregnancy by Castro. Shortly oh. after Amanda was taken, Michelle figured out that she was pregnant um, because she had had a child before so she's like okay yeah. i'm feeling all the same things and after a while castro found out and he beat her hit her with a barbell to end her pregnancy he <gasps> would throw her down the stairs all these things she would get pregnant by castro a total of five times over the 11 oh my years god yes oh my god yeah and he terminated all of her pregnancies that's horrific yeah holy shit he treated her like less than a dog it was yes i mean all he of cheated, them he treated her like just fucking chattel like uh, yeah holy I'm, shit. I'm not gonna say he treated any of them well but it just seemed from reading uh as much as i did that um michelle took a big brunt, brunt of, it. of it yeah um so throughout their years in captivity the three women would watch just their whole world go by on a tiny tv in their rooms they watched Hurricane Katrina, Britney Spears shaving her head, Barack Obama <sighs> being elected president, Michael Jackson dying, the royal wedding of William and Kate, all of these things they mentioned seeing in their books. But like I said, the worst was when they saw themselves. Uh, they were a little happy to see their families, but mm. still seeing what they were going through, obviously it doesn't make anybody feel yeah. good. Early on, he made Amanda watch news stories about herself and obviously she was incredibly upset to see her family so worried about her um right but castro had kind of a different reaction quote i'm crying too but glad i'm on the news because that means people are looking for me maybe somebody will see this interview and remember something your mom looks really upset he says there's no sympathy in his voice it's just an observation as if he has nothing to do with her misery he flips around the channels looking for other news reports about me and finds them on channel eight and channel three he can't take his eyes off the tv i look at him and he has an odd expression on his face and then i realize what it is he's proud he's admiring his work he feels like he's done something big this makes him feel important end quote oh my god what a fucking asshole yeah at one point i believe he says to amanda specifically that he believes he has like no soul or something that he is like broken he doesn't have any feelings or whatever um and yeah i believe that's true i believe that's probably one of the only true and self-aware things that he has ever said yeah what a oh my god yeah um he sucks yeah like holy shit what a fucking asshole i just i i really don't understand how somebody can be this evil broken <laughs> yes yes like uh, like some stuff i didn't i didn't talk about in like his section um that is definitely covered more in um gina and amanda's book is they, like they cover a lot of like Castro's kind of backstory. Uh, he was like 
sexually assaulted by somebody at a young age. He blames a lot on like an addiction to pornography and like like a sex addiction almost. I was like, yeah, but eh. there are lots of sex addicts that don't abduct people and like force yeah. like forcefully imprison them. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh it's definitely something you need help for, but it's not something that like you're going to ruin many many lives because not he didn't just ruin michelle gina and amanda's lives he ruined their whole all of their family's lives their the whole community yes. was looking for these women like there are uh other people that had gone missing during this time that they like they, they thought maybe was connected so it just oh my god yeah he turned an entire community upside down yeah um so a few weeks into gina's captivity she was put in the same room with Michelle and they were chained together while Amanda was put in another bedroom. Um, they would become pretty close because they only had each other to really talk to. Michelle even refers to Gina in her book as her new little sister. Oh. Uh, he would assault one while the other sat chained just a few feet away, helpless to really do anything. Um, I, cause Castro, it was at least smart enough to abduct women that were much smaller. Like, uh, if you look at pictures of uh, Michelle Knight, she has since changed her name, but if you Google her, you can still yes. see pictures of her. Um, she is very small. Like, yeah. very, very, very short. Like, I don't even think she's, yeah. like... Like, I don't even think she's five foot. She's very small. Um, and Gina was 14 when she was abducted, mm -hmm. and Amanda was, like, a small little skinny thing, um, like, 17 years old. So, like, he did... And he was, like, pretty big. Yeah. Um, but he, like, specifically sought out these women that, like, could not fight back. Also, he had yeah. a gun, which is something I'll talk about in a second. Um, right. So, yeah. So he would assault one while the other was in the room. Obviously, he knew that they couldn't do anything. Uh, Michelle describes these times saying, quote, It's one thing to have someone break your own heart, but it can be even more painful to watch another person's heart get crushed. During all the time I shared a room with Gina, my heart was smashed in half too many times to count. I don't think I can ever really get over what both of us went through, end quote. Oh, no, understandably. Yeah. Especially when you when you see this young girl and you kind of like take her under your wing as like a de facto yep. sibling and this yep. guy is doing these terrible things to her and you can't do anything about it. Exactly. And then he turns around and does them to you. Yeah, that's horrific. Yeah. So Gina talked about a terrifying incident with a gun, because, of course, he had mm -hmm. a gun. Quote, Michelle starts freaking out, but he's not pointing it at us, and he seems to be in a good mood. Let's play a game, he says. He opens the gun mm -hmm. to show us that it's loaded with one bullet. He takes it out, puts it back in, and spins the chamber around. Michelle is scared and moves as far away as she can, but I just keep staring at the gun. When he brought me here, he told me that he had a revolver and he would kill me if I tried to escape. He brought it from the what kitchen, the so it must he so he must keep it hidden on top of the refrigerator or one of the high cupboards. He's always telling us we are too short and can't reach anything. I'm the tallest and not quite five foot two. He explains the game. If I'm willing to take the risk, he will put the gun to my head and pull the trigger. If I live, he'll give me a chance to put the gun to his head. Come on, uh. he says. Want to play a game? what the fuck yeah okay i tell him i'll play with you he seems surprised michelle looks shocked and says it's a bad idea what do i have to lose i say i'll play you understand i'm going to pull the trigger right he says 
I'm getting more nervous as I have time to think about it, but I can't stand what's happening in this house anymore. So I say a prayer to God and then to my parents to forgive me. I'm ready, I tell him. He puts the gun to my temple and pulls the trigger. I hear a click and then open my eyes. My heart is beating so fast. I don't know what to feel, but he seems excited. Let's keep playing, he says. Will you pull the trigger on me? If you do, it means you hate me. And if you can't, it means you don't hate me. Is he serious? Doesn't he know how much I hate him? Yeah. Think about it, he says. He gets on his knees and says he needs a minute to pray. He bows his head and closes his eyes. Then he looks up and tells me, if you pull the trigger, it means you hate me. He's been drinking beer and I, and maybe he's had more than I realized because it should be obvious to him by now that I'd love to blow his head off. He he hands me the gun and I don't waste a second. I put it right to his head and pull the trigger. Click. I was hoping he'd be dead on the floor, but I, and I would run out of this house and we'd all be free. Now I'm afraid I might get in big trouble, but he stands up and doesn't say a word. He doesn't seem mad. It just, it doesn't seem like he cares at all. End quote. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, in her position. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done either. It's like you want to die being there, but then do you run the risk of playing Russian roulette to like get out of it? Like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's just terrifying thing to think about. Yeah. Um, so during the summer of 2005, Castro said that he had family coming to his house, so he locked all three women, still chained together, in a van that he had parked out back. Yeah, and it's the same van that they were all kidnapped in. Uh, They stayed there a week in the August heat. (gasps) Yeah. I don't... uh, They talk about this in both books. Um, It seems like in one of them, it, like, I don't know if the car was just parked in the back, but it makes more sense... um, in the other book, it says that it was parked in a garage, uh, which would make sense because, like, there was less risk of them being seen by anybody yeah. or something like that. So I guess the car was parked in a garage and they were kept chained in the car. It was also during this time what that the they, fuck? like, they had more time to talk to each other. So they kind of got closer and kind of bonded a little bit more. Mm. Um, so like I, I kind of said earlier, Castro treated all of the women differently. Although he assaulted all of them multiple times, like two to three times a day, um, it seemed from their writings that Amanda kind of got preferential treatment. At one point, he refers to Amanda as his wife. Um, Ooh. Yeah, not great. No, no, no you're not a prize. Fuck no, off. Absolutely not. Uh, Michelle was treated the absolute worst, and Gina fell somewhere in the middle. I think when she was first abducted, she was kind of like the favorite, and then. Um, everything kind of changed around a little bit. Well, yeah. Because um, he's the only one that he's truly looking out for. Exactly. So Amanda says, quote, one of the hardest parts about this time was that it seemed to me like the dude treated the others better than he did me. Amanda had that good color TV in her room, and sometimes she would talk back to him and say things like, I don't have to listen to you. Although yeah. I wasn't always in the same room, I never saw him smack her for it. But if I said anything to him, I got whacked in the face or stomach. It wasn't like he was nice to them either, far from it. But I felt as if I was the prisoner who got beat down the most. And my perception was that on some days, I was the only one that he raped. It was like being on death row, end quote. Oh, this poor kid. Holy shit. 
I mean, I've never been on death row. I've never known anyone on death row, but I hope that's not what death row looks like because death row is like supposed to be controlled by the state and it's supposed to be actually like controlled. I know we all know that it's not and it's a, n- a nightmare. Right, right. Um, but this just seems... It's rough. Too unregulated and insane. This is so fucked. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so like I had said earlier, Luana Miller died on March 2nd, 2006. And not long after... Um, right around her birthday, Amanda realizes that she is pregnant. She says, Aww. quote, April 22nd, happy birthday to me. I'm 20. I have a secret. I think I'm pregnant. I miss my period and I'm throwing up all the time. I think this has something to do with mom. It's crazy. All this time, I've never gotten pregnant, but then she dies and now I'm pretty sure I am. I think my mom sent this baby. It's her way of giving me an angel. Someone to help me pull through this. Give me a reason to fight. I think she is sending me a miracle, end quote oh oh so he castro lets her keep the baby wow on christmas Why? day because she i guess she was the favorite i don't know damn i don't know why because it didn't seem at all that gina ever had a pregnancy scare or anything yeah. like that uh this was the one time that amanda even thought she was pregnant and she was um, but I don't know. Uh, wow. Michelle had five pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what time. I'm saying. So what about, oh, wow. Yeah. So oh. on Christmas day, 2006, just after midnight, Amanda goes into labor. Castro forces Michelle to help with the delivery because she's an expert because she has delivered at least oh exactly god. one child. Oh my God. Um, and oh he, my God. He Fuck threatened off. to kill her if the baby didn't make it fuck all the way off absolutely not you don't have control over what the fuck yeah and you're doing this with no assistance no drugs this house is fucking no expertise the house is filthy he gets a kids like one of those plastic pools like the little weighty pools no and puts it on the mattress so she doesn't ruin the mattress because he's not gonna get her new mattress i thought that he was gonna be like oh i've seen this in movies with like the woo woo shit no you're telling me oh my fucking at one point at one point he's sitting in while she's screaming in labor telling her to shut up because the neighbors are gonna hear and gives her something (gasps) to bite down on at one point he's sitting in the corner of the room reading a uh an encyclopedia about like pregnancy and childbirth yeah what the yep does absolutely shit does absolutely fuck all holy shit against all fucking odds uh because women are incredible jocelyn berry is born and amanda wrote quote i hold my baby on my chest and touch her for the first time i can't believe her little face her eyes are wide open she's so cute and so quiet in the movies new babies are always crying she's just lying here with me so calm i'm amazed i stare into her eyes she is all that i can see end quote Oh, no. Yes. Absolutely loves her from fucking minute one. Gives her something to actually live for. Um, Yeah, but also that poor baby. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So, um, life kind of just goes on as a routine for some years now. Uh, As Jocelyn grows up, Castro stops chaining the women up because she is starting to understand the world. Like, kind of by the time she turns two, I think. According Uh. to Amanda he's actually a good and loving father to jocelyn no yeah um he buys her toys and clothes and he takes her to church on sundays and he his nickname for her is pretty although she loathes him for what he has done to her 
her family, as well as Gina and Michelle. Uh, no. Amanda can't help but have conflicting feelings about the father of her child. She says, quote, until someone has gone through this, they don't know how they would react. They can't understand that there is no simple label for what it feels like. You do what you have to do to survive, and it's multiplied by a million when you have a baby to worry about. I don't identify with my abuser. I have just done my best to cope every day for thousands of days in a row. I don't think anybody is only one thing, and I don't think he is only evil. He can be a loving man and father, and if I can find warmth in him, I'm going to take it. Before he locks our door each night, he gives Jocelyn a big hug and says he loves her, and then he kisses me goodnight, and it's okay. I hope Beth will forgive me someday. End quote. Oh my god. I mean, I have no judgment. Absolutely zero judgment. You're going to no. do what you have to do to survive. If it means exactly. that you don't get kicked every day, then exactly. make up whatever story he wants to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you poor and girl. And there there is mean... such conflicting feelings. Like, like, physically, in your body, hormonally, there are conflicting feelings when this is the father of your child. So oh I totally understand that. Absolutely no yeah. no judgment at all. And at this point... Judgment for him only. Yeah, absolutely. He's a dirtbag. Um, yes. But yeah, she was imprisoned for yes. a decade. So yeah, you're going to do whatever you have to fucking do, girl. Like, literally, yeah, you do you. Um, so to end this nightmare, on May 6th, 2013, Jocelyn is six years old i think oh my god um she runs up the stairs to amanda saying daddy is gone and caster didn't lock the bedroom door oh. and since she wasn't in chains anymore amanda tiptoed downstairs to check castro would often test the women by leaving things unlocked or leaving them unchained only to return a few minutes later and if they had moved he would beat them so oh my god um, amanda had reason to believe that like all right this is one of his tests so at first when jocelyn ran up the stairs um and said like daddy is gone amanda, amanda was like well Test. maybe go look out the back door blah 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 like go look for him like i, I can't mm. i can't leave here so like if i go down by go downstairs without permission it's a whole thing so she's yeah. like go go look for daddy so jocelyn's running around looks outside and she's like daddy's car is gone so oh my God. the car is gone he didn't lock them up so amanda's like this could be the fucking moment so mm -hmm. Yeah, so his car was gone. He was nowhere to be found. Amanda yanks open the front door, which he said was rigged with alarms, which basically was like, uh, I think there's photos of it in Michelle's book. It's basically yeah. like alarm clocks with like wires that don't lead to anything taped into each other. So he did the whole thing that's like, if you open this, it's rigged with like explosives or like alarms or whatever. So I'll know right. the whole, th that whole deal. So she's terrified to open it. She's never opened this fucking door before, but she yanks it right. open and no alarms go off. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm fucking out of here. I'm, I'm out to freedom. Yeah. And, and jumping in, in the middle, um, she originally decided to do this because, um, without telling Gina and Michelle, because she was like, if this is a test, I'm not going to have them get fucked over as well like no yeah it, she knew uh, well enough that she was like the preferred one so she's yeah. like okay well i can just say like oh well jocelyn i need to get her whatever blah 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 so yeah, she it took was it an act of love yeah so she kind of took it upon herself to like check into this so she uh she opens the door nothing goes off but she stopped by this storm door 
uh, that's padlocked shut. And for anyone who doesn't know, Storm Door is like the outer the outer door that's like metal yes. and glass and whatever. Yes. Um, so this is padlock shut. So she's desperately trying to force this fucking door open. Um, Jocelyn's freaking out. She's never seen her mom so terrified before. Um, so she's pushing and pushing and pushing. She's only able to get her arm out and she's waving like crazy. And thankfully, mm-hmm. a neighbor named Angel, Cord- Angel Cordero uh, heard Amanda's cries for help and went over. Um, but she had a hard time communicating because she didn't really speak English. So she's like, like this isn't a great neighborhood too so she's mm-hmm. like trying not to like get involved blah blah, blah. so right. amanda's desperately like no no i really need help i really need help so another neighbor named charles ramsey came over and he was able to help amanda um kick a hole through the storm door amanda talks about it in her book where basically charles ramsey was like just kick a hole through it and she's like well why isn't this guy fucking helping me uh, right. she's like i'm like 35 pounds at this point like fucking help me dude and i have a child with me so anyway the mail is not helpful the mail is never helpful (laughs) so she's able to kick a hole through this storm door and is able to crawl out with jocelyn and just first taste of fucking freedom um so ramsey goes to back to his house and calls 911 it's a famous phone call you could probably hear it on youtube or whatever Mm -hmm. um and amanda went to another neighbor's house another neighbor that didn't speak english and used their phone to call for help and in her book she details this conversation with the 911 operator and if it happens exactly how she wrote it in the book it is Mm. unacceptable to say the least um i can't imagine how stressful the job is of a 911 operator first of all right uh i would never be able to do that everyone who's ever done it is a stronger person than i am but yep. y- rule number one is you do not hang up. Uh, you oh, stay on the line no. with the person. This person was basically like, um, like, yeah, just wait for the police. Just wait for the police and hung up. And what? Amanda's like, I am Amanda Berry. I've been held captive for 10 years. I'm free now. I'm out. Like, it's, and a, like, it's a famous phone call. That, not, yeah. How had they not heard of her? Like, think yes. about that. I mean, maybe they thought she was lying. I don't know how many false maybe. like calls they had ever gotten, but yeah, the, the yeah the nine one one operator was basically like, yeah, well, just like wait for the cops to show up, and she's like, um, oh, okay, oh my god, and she's like, but what if fucking Castro comes back? Like, what the fuck yeah. then? Um, so police start arriving on scene. She feels like a little safe. She's put in the back of a squad car with Jocelyn. Okay, she is safe now. Um, the police went into the house to get Michelle and Gina, and then all four were taken to the hospital, and Gina, Amanda, and Jocelyn um, were able to leave the next day. Michelle, who had, again, been in the house the longest and suffered the most abuse, needed to stay mm-hmm. for several days. When she was kidnapped, Michelle was 130 pounds, and when she was brought to the hospital, she weighed less than 84 pounds. Oh, my God. At... 20 no at like 31 years old oh my god or 32 yeah that's not the weight that a 32 year old should be in case you didn't know no oh my god yeah so castro was arrested the same day as the women escaped on may 6 2013 he was charged with four counts of kidnapping and only three counts of rape on may 8th uh which carrie i know well i mean he obviously he obviously raped these women over yes. multiple hundreds of times. Um, but I, I don't remember why they could only say three. I guess one for each. I don't I don't know. 
I don't know. Fuck that. I don't know how the justice system works like that. Um, yeah, but, that, but still, fuck that. This carries a prison sentence of 10 years to life in Ohio. At the time, I don't know if that's still true today, but at the time, it was 10 years to life. Um, two of Castro's brothers, Pedro and O'Neill, were also taken into custody, but were released and had the charges against them dropped on May 9th after police announced that they uh, had no involvement in the kidnappings. Castro made his first court appearance at the Cleveland Municipal Court on May 9th, where bail was set at $2 million per kidnapping charge, totaling $8 million. Additional charges were reported to be pending, including aggravated murder for intentional induction of miscarriages, attempted murder, assault, a charge for each instance of rape, and a kidnapping charge for each day each captive was held. Prosecutors oh. intended to seek the death penalty against Castro. On May 14th, Castro's attorney said that he would plead not guilty to all charges if indicted for kidnapping and rape, which... <laughs> what? I don't know how you're going to get away with that, buddy. Pardon me? Oh, yeah. get the fuck out What do you think? They were all playing fucking house, my dude? Exactly. And they all went willingly? Go Great. fuck yourself. So, oh, my God. A Cuyahoga County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment against Castro on June 7th. It contained 329 counts, including... Let's talk about it. There it is. Two counts of aggravated of aggravated murder under different sections of the Ohio Criminal Code for his role in the termination of Michelle's pregnancies. The indictments covered mm -hmm. only the period from August 2002 to February 2007. I don't I do not know why. That does not make any sense, but okay. Mm -hmm. The county prosecutors uh, Timothy J. McGinty stated that the investigation was ongoing and that any further findings would be presented to the grand jury. McGinty said that pursuing a death penalty specification would be considered following completion of indictment proceedings. So um, they're going to wait to do the death penalty um, until all of the counts of indictment are put into place and um, given to the grand jury. I'm sorry, my cat's freaking out in the background he's, he's yeah appalled. he he is no he is fully like justice let's get this yes screaming for justice he says um, i will be the grand jury so after entering a plea of not guilty for castro on june 12th one of his attorneys craig weintrub said that although some of the charges against castro were indisputable noda quote it is our hope that we can continue to work towards a resolution to avoid having an unnecessary trial about aggravated murder and the death penalty what? We are very sensitive to the emotional strain and impact that a trial would have on the women, their families, and Bullshit. this community, end quote. Uh, you do not get to speak for these women. They have not been able to speak for over a decade. So guess what? Yes. They get to talk if they want to. Yes. Uh, and holy fucking shit. Like, you, do you, you say you're doing this, this for them? You have a leg to stand on? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're trying to get their kidnapper, their torturer, like, off, like, Fuck, fuck this guy yeah you so castro oh, was found competent no. to stand trial on july 3rd on july 12th a cuyahoga county grand jury returned a true bill of indictment for the remainder of the period after february 2007 it brought the total to 977 counts let's count them 512 counts of kidnapping 446 counts of rape seven of gross sexual imposition six of felonious assault three of child endangerment two of aggravated murder one of possession of criminal tools and a partridge in a pear tree Yes, it is. Oh, I love it. On July 17th, Castro pleaded not guilty to the expanded indictment. He faced of the death penalty by lethal injection if convicted on all of the charges. But on July 26th, 
Castro finally pleaded guilty, but only to 937 of the 977 charges against him. Oh my God. What yeah. a fucking. Oh Including the charges of kidnapping, rape, and aggravated murder as part of the plea bargain, which called for consecutive life sentences plus a thousand years without parole. Under the plea Good. deal, Castro forfeited his right to appeal and could not profit in any way due to his crimes, any books, movies, anything that is made about him, he could not profit from. Uh, he also forfeited Good. his assets, including his house, which prosecutors said would be demolished. More on that in a second. Castro was also told by Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court Judge Michael Russo, quote, you will not be getting out. Is that clear? End quote. <laughs> to which Castro responded, quote, I do understand that, Your Honor. End quote. Castro oh also God, made comments that. about his, quote unquote, addiction to pornography and sexual problem, mm -hmm. uh, but was cut off by Judge Russo, who said such issues Good. could be discussed at the August 1st sentencing hearing a law firm representing the three I women like this guy yeah right he's like no bullshit fuck you yeah uh a law firm representing the three women released a statement that they were quote relieved by today's plea they are satisfied by the resolution to the case and are looking forward to having legal proceedings draw to a final close in the near future end quote this is also i think one of the fastest moving trials i have ever heard of uh they were found yeah. on may 6th and now august 1st is the sentencing hearing like Good. wow this float this like really flew. yeah so at the sentencing oh, no, this guy's had a long enough time yeah exactly of freedom he's been a, yeah. yeah he's been a free person for way too long um at the sentencing hearing on august 1st castro was sentenced to consecutive life terms in prison plus a thousand years all without the possibility of parole he was also fined a hundred thousand dollars which is too little not that he had any money to begin with but still too little mm. the court forfeited all of his property and assets to the cuyahoga county government before his sentencing castro addressed the court for nearly 20 minutes in which he said he was a quote good person and quote not a monster what? end quote uh, but that he fuck? was addicted to sex and pornography and had quote practiced the art of masturbation end quote gross what from a what? young age so has everybody my dude and also get fucked the art of masturbation yeah go fuck yourself please. you're not reading the kama please. sutra it's not like 12. you're using your fucking feet get the fuck out of yeah. here the art of masturbation get out of here he claimed that he had never beaten or tortured the women and insisted that <gasps> most yeah he said quote unquote most of the sex that he had had with them was quote consensual end quote oh my god oh my god some people will tell themselves anything he's dangerously stupid yeah uh, he like, shifted between shit. he shifted between apologizing and blaming the FBI for failing to catch him, as well as blaming <laughs> his victims themselves for getting into his car with a stranger. Which I will again say, all three of them had known had reason to even vaguely know him. He was like they were all vaguely friends with some of his children and had known him or seen him around. He was not a total stranger. So he's not just some random guy from the fucking street. Like they were all like, oh yeah, you're, you're Emily's dad or you're Arlene's dad. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's an air right. of like familiarity at that point. Um, so along with insisting to the court that when he had sex with them, he discovered that they were not virgins, which go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah. Gina De Jesus was 14 years old and she told you she was a virgin. So go yeah. fuck yourself. Um, fuck off. and also oh Michelle God. Knight had had a child. So yeah yeah no shit yeah <laughs> and also like what does it matter yeah exactly um he would alternately shift back to apologetic compliment uh, apologetic comments saying quote i hope they can find it in their hearts to forgive me because we had a lot of harmony going on in that home 
What a fucking I mean, insult. Oh my god. I mean, if you if you read both books, there are moments of lightness that they talk about and they're like, "Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was a decade and there are going to be moments that aren't as bad as some other moments, but they were always yes. They were always under the umbrella of I was brought here against my will. I'm not allowed to see my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. It's it's a survival it's a survival mechanism. Like like yeah. every once in a while you're gonna laugh. They talk about when they were locked in that car for a week in the August heat. At one point, like they were getting a little peeved with each other. Obviously, yeah. at one point, yeah. one of them hits the other with a pillow, and they're like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" And then they just start having a pillow fight. And just like start yeah. like having fun. It's like you have to yeah. find fun where you can fucking find it. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise it's just going to be too much. It's gonna exactly. be too depressing. It's just gonna get to you. I I like <sighs> Yeah. So fuck. Yeah, but saying that there was a lot of harmony going on in that home. I hope they can forgive me. Go fuck yourself. No. Um harmony se- and you think you had anything to do with exactly. any harmony that was had yeah no it's i the didn't strength- hear him being part of the pillow fight it's just the strength within themselves that they found harmony so exactly the sentencing judge Get also that. heard from michelle and family members of amanda and gina so michelle went amanda and gina decided not to again no judgment if <laughs> you nope. do you if you never want to see this fucker again yep. you don't have to um mm-hmm. so michelle actually addressed castro directly during this good for her she says quote you took 11 years of my life away i spent 11 years in hell now your hell is just beginning i will overcome all that has happened but you will see but you will face hell for eternity i will live Mm -hmm. on and you will die a little every day as you think of the 11 years of atrocities that you afflicted on us i can forgive you but i will never forget end quote the fact that she even said that she could forgive him again more strength than i will ever know (laughs) like yep i don't think i could ever um so if you know anything about this case, you'll probably know this. Castro's imprisonment didn't last long because just one month into his sentence on September 3rd, 2013, he was found hanging from a bed sheet mm-hmm. in his detention cell at the Correctional Reception Center mm-hmm. in Orient, Ohio. He Prisons- couldn't even handle being locked up for a month. A month, yeah. What a little Pr- bitch. Prison staff performed CPR on him before he was taken to the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center in Columbus, where he was pronounced dead shortly after. He was 53 at the time of his death. The following day, Franklin County Coroner Jan Gornack announced that a preliminary autopsy had found the cause of Castro's death to be suicide by hanging. He was later cremated and hopefully flushed down a toilet. Um, yep. On October 10th, 2013, the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction released a report which suggested that Castro may have died accidentally from autoerotic asphyxiation rather than suicide. Uh, Gorniak rejected the possibility standing by her ruling of suicide. The report also said okay. that two prison guards had falsified logs documenting their observation of Castro hours before he was found dead. He was not on suicide watch at the time of his death, but he had been subjected to routine checks every 30 minutes due to his notoriety. Uh, sounds mm-hmm. like another fucking person that was allowed to maybe off themselves maybe with assistance in prison but whatever huh, whatever yeah. hmm. oh, wow hmm. interesting what could that hmm. huh. well um a consultant's report was released on december 3rd and officially concluded that quote all available evidence pointed to suicide including a shrine-like arrangement of family pictures and a bible in castro's cell an increasing tone of frustration in his prison journal and the reality of spending the rest of his life in prison while subjected to constant harassment end quote Mm-hmm. the ohio state highway patrol also reviewed the case and released the same conclusion i don't know why the fucking highway patrol 
would be involved in uh-huh. something that happened in prison, but whatever. Um, so getting away from this asshole, the survivors released a video statement on July 9th, 2013, thanking the public for their support. An attorney for Amanda and Gina said that the women quote, still have a strong desire for privacy end quote. And they did not wish to speak to the media about the ordeal. Michelle discussed some of her story in an interview with people magazine one year after, uh, she was freed as well as her life Mm -hmm. leading up to her abduction, which she details in her book. The Cleveland Courage Fund was a bank account set up to help the women in their transition to independent life and had collected approximately $1.05 million at the time of the videos released. So they wow. they were freed May 6th. Uh, the video came out July 9th, and they got $1.05 million by the time it was released. So again, Damn. people cared about these women, and they were looking for them, and the whole community got together and mm-hmm. needed to help them. It's amazing. So before Amanda's disappearance, her grandfather had promised to give her a classic Chevrolet Monte Carlo built in the year that she was born. He kept the car after her kidnapping in case she was ever found alive. He still had it wow. for when, for her when she was released, although it was in need of restoration because it had been sitting there unused. Several automotive shops offered to perform the restoration for free wow yeah that's really nice in february 2017 amanda joined the staff of fox affiliate wjw in cleveland where she hosts a short reoccurring segment in which she reports on missing person cases in order to help families reunite with missing family members how amazing yeah to be triggered like that all the time having to like talk about people who are missing well i was gonna say to survive that and to like Yes, it's triggering, I'm sure, but that she is willing to put that aside and do that to help other people and after, find her after or, like, she was who are in the same situation. After she was held silent for 10 years and had to watch all of the she would record on because obviously it would be a reoccurring thing on her birthday every year on the anniversary that she was kidnapped they would air more stuff or they would talk to her family or something and she said she would record it because she would want to watch it later because she wanted to see her family so she was very much up on watching the news and everything while she was held in this captivity so then to go on and be part of the news that like maybe somebody who's being held is watching this and maybe i can have a hand in helping get them found truly incredible yeah well and and also what a way for kind of the community to back her up because she was taken when she was so young i can imagine that she didn't have like like it's it's basically it's like getting out of prison yeah in that you come out and you don't have like you're 20 something years old you don't have the education that you thought you were going to have you don't have the work history you thought you were going to have so to be exactly she mentions in in her book she's like at one point she's like i should have been at prom right now or i should have been at graduation right now i should be i should be at like this person's party right now it's like all this sort yeah. of she missed the birth of like her nephew um yeah. just all this all this stuff happened again she was well, like um michelle was her life was stolen yeah uh, yeah truly uh, michelle was kidnapped in 2002 and was freed in 2013 she missed fucking mm-hmm. most of the internet she missed mm-hmm. the iphone she missed she missed texting. kai the hitchhiker she, uh, yeah see exactly we have we've all missed him apparently maybe they saw um, him um maybe they did honestly imagine maybe. imagine how sad that would be like 
if they were like they didn't what do mention you mean it you haven't book. seen this yes. um well i don't think they would i think they'd have other pre- more pressing things yeah. to talk about they had other shit but um going on but but just yeah just the fact that like it's so easy to be rescued i think for when you've been held captive for so long i think it's very easy people are paying attention and then one day they stop yeah and it it could have been so easy for i think any of these girls to like slip through the cracks after that we hear about it all the time well i'll talk and about the fact i'll talk that about the community michelle continues to lift yeah. them up i'll talk about michelle in a second because if you'll if you recognize yeah. when i was talking about all the news that they watched um in captivity it wasn't about michelle so I'll talk about her in right. a sec. But um, another fun thing, in April 2019, Amanda reunited with Charles Ramsey, who mm-hmm. uh, six years since mm-hmm. her release, um, she interviewed him um, on a broadcast on WJW. Um, and that was like the man that helped her get out. Um, in an interview with WKYC, Gina said that she was volunteering for the Amber, Amber Alert Committee, offering to comfort families of abducted children. She remains in touch with Amanda um, and Amanda's family. Mm-hmm. Amanda and Gina both received honorary diplomas from John Marshall High School in 2015, oh, because obviously wonderful. they couldn't yeah. complete high school. Exactly. Right. Um, so following her rescue, police acknowledged that limited resources had been spent on investigating Michelle's disappearance, in part because she was an adult at the time, although barely. Like I said, she was 21. Yes, yes. Authorities believe that she had run away voluntarily due to anger over losing custody of her son. In a heartbreaking statement, according to Cleveland Deputy Police Chief Ed Toba, um, she was, quote, the focus of very few tips, end quote. Oh, my God. Yeah, so not a lot of people. Oh, my God. I mean, her her family was, like, parts of, like, some of her family members, I guess, were not really looking for her. She had young brothers at the time, um, but mm-hmm. what could they do? They were little kids. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some criticized her subsequent removal from the National Crime Information Center database just 15 <gasps> months after she disappeared. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, which made her largely unknown prior to her rescue. The Cleveland Division of Police and the FBI maintained that her inclusion or exclusion had no bearing on her rescue, which, go fuck yourself. Maybe if she had been listed on something, you don't know what could have helped. If anybody is missing, they should be listed on something. Regardless if they ran away or not, they're missing to their family and loved ones. Um, Since her rescue, Michelle legally changed her name and began to get several tattoos as her way of coping with the healing process. She also revealed that her son was adopted by his foster parents while she was in captivity and that she wanted to see him, but she does not want to bring him into this ordeal, uh, which she has to deal with and plan to see him after he becomes an adult. (gasps) Yeah. What a beautiful sacrifice. She was able to get pictures of him and stuff, but she doesn't, she didn't want to involve, especially the media circus that's kind of like going around and everything like that. But that's what I'm saying. What a, what a, what a sacrifice to that was the whole point you were kidnapped while you were going to fight for him and you've spent your entire life living to fight for him and he's all she talked about in her book every yeah. every birthday she would write him a birthday card and post it up on her wall and stuff he was the reason that she kept going she that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and to to make that sacrifice because you get out and you think i can finally see my son yeah and to make that sa- oh my god yeah. but women. to know that to know that he was adopt adopted by a loving family and had like a good yeah. life she was like that's yeah. all that's the most i could have asked for when i was going through such hell so uh yeah yeah so hopefully they reunite again when he's an adult um 
She planned to open a restaurant and dreamed of getting married, which she did in 2016. And she hopes to mm-hmm. adopt children as her years of abuse and torture made it unlikely for her to ever be able to get pregnant again. Um, yeah. She also wow. planned to reunite with Amanda and Gina in the future, but wanted to start focusing on getting her own life back on track. Again, she was the oldest one there. Yeah. She'd been there the longest. She had a lot to like get back catch up on um so during the whole incident some of castro's family members allegedly disowned him and denounced his actions and apologized to the victims and their families um even though they had no part of it it's just uh, insane that people visited his house and yeah and i'm sure that's what it is is how do you imagine a family member that you have and you've been to his house you've you've interviewed these victims parents these survivors parents and and like gina was close friends with one of his daughters yeah like imagine yeah and like arlene castro knew that gina went missing but didn't know who it was like i can't imagine right what her thought process is after she was found by her father like oh i can't even that's just yeah so fucked up so in january 2014 castro's nephew uh, Jeremiah J. Alicia was arrested for and charged with 22 counts related to child sexual abuse materials, including 21 counts of pandering sexually orientated matter involving a minor and one count of possessing a criminal tool, which I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. But just illustrating that, like, he had other shitty family members. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so part of the plea bargain. Uh, was that the house at 2207 Seymour Avenue be demolished. And on August 7th, Mm. 2013, it was. Michelle went to the demo and handed out yellow balloons to spectators, which she said represented missing children. The balloons were released, which I don't support, but like, I mean, because of the environment and everything, but like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But symbolic. I just, I I shit you not. I just found, I just found a Mylar balloon in the woods behind my parents' house a couple of weeks ago that was so old that it had lost its color it was like under leaves yeah. and i happened to see it the other day and i was like oh don't God release please don't release balloons it's terrible uh but yeah. anyway, regardless the balloons were released before gina's aunt actually began the demolition with the swing of a crane hell so yeah so if you search 2207 seymour avenue it's it's an empty lot right now when i was in cleveland um a couple years ago mm-hmm. i actually drove by it because i was like what does this yeah. block look like it's actually a really nice neighborhood yeah. now <laughs> um but uh it's it's an empty lot right now and um the house if you like go back on google street view it's actually been completely blurred out on google wow you can't can't even see it it's it's wild um yeah so now we're gonna get into the pop cultures there's not a ton which is surprising to me um but there's a couple books like i had said earlier uh one that i haven't read but um i found in research i was like oh my god i should read this it's called dead giveaway the rescue hamburgers white folks and instant celebrity what you saw on tv doesn't begin to tell the story written by charles ramsey uh the man who answered barry's calls for help uh this is his autobiography that covers his life before during and after the rescue it has a 3.52 out of 5 on goodreads i mean you're gonna capitalize on whatever kind of fame you have right yeah smart um i mean like he got nothing out of this yeah why not besides this book like and he did do some they don't reward heroes anymore no um one of the books that one of the ones i highly recommend is called finding me a decade a decade mm. of darkness a life reclaimed a memoir of the Cle- cleveland kidnappings by michelle knight co-written by michelle burford burford b-u-r-f-o-r-d um came- buford buford 
Uh, it came out in 2014 as 4.14 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it's Michelle Knight's uh, tale of what happened to her, again, prior to, like, her wow. early life leading up to the kidnappings and, and everything like that. Um, but to she, relive that, wow. She also wrote another book in 2018 called Life After Darkness, Finding Healing and Happiness After the Cleveland Kidnappings. Amazing. Yeah. Um, there is also The Lost Girls, The True Story of the Cleveland abductions and the incredible rescue of michelle knight amanda berry and gina de jesus by john glatt it came out in 2015 it has a 4.04 out of 5 on goodreads also all of these books have like the title and then like a subtitle that is very long um the last <laughs> one uh is another one that i reread for this which is called hope a memoir of survival in cleveland by amanda barry gina de jesus uh mary jordan and kevin sullivan it was uh published in 2015 it is a 4.31 out of 5 on goodreads again highly recommend you should read it is harrowing um yeah there are a couple of movies and docs there is a tv movie called cleveland abduction and can you guess where it came out on um netflix lifetime oh <laughs> it's a lifetime movie from 2015 it doesn't have a tomato meter rating but it's a 52 percent audience score and 86 percent on google it has a 6.7 out of 10 on imdb and um it is based on michelle knight's book and was filmed entirely in cleveland where obviously the abductions took place taryn manning of orange is the new black plays michelle knight Raymond oh, wow. Cruz, who is Tuco Salamanca on Breaking Bad and Better Call mm -hmm. Saul, plays Ariel Castro. I, I think great casting. Um, mm -hmm. Katie Sarafi, uh, who's in Annabelle Comes Home and a guest star on This Is Us, plays Gina de Jesus. Samantha mm -hmm. Ray Droke, uh, who's in the Princess Protection Program and guest star on Gilmore Girls. She plays Amanda Berry. Okay. Um, when offered to play the role of Ariel Castro, Raymond Cruz's wife originally told him not to take the offer because of how sick Castro was. After reading the script, yeah. his wife had a change of heart and urged him to take the role because if he didn't play the devil, then nobody would care about the girls. The real Michelle Knight yeah. was reluctant to meet Cruz at first because he reminded her so much of the real Ariel Castro, but the two eventually became friends. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, there's also a documentary on Discovery Plus that came out in 2021 called The Cleveland Kidnappings. It has a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. And there is a 2020 episode, season 42, episode 12. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, titled Trapped. It premiered January 3rd, 2020. It has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, mm -hmm. And that is it. Holy shit, though. What a Girl. tale, right? what a fucking tale like i mean i didn't like i'm again, so happy that this i didn't even really scratch the surface of like what actually happened in that house like you definitely need to read both those books um but it is uh, insane mm -hmm. i can't even begin to wrap my head around it i just th these never end this well and that's just so incredible to me that they were able to just survive and that they made it out alive like that's just yeah. wow yeah and that they were able to write about it and had the strength to like mm -hmm. like kind of relive that in doing all of this and and are like doing so well in their lives and like actually yeah going on to like help the community to help others. exactly yes like that's the whole thing it's it's crazy but it's just wow um 
we've been going for so long but uh i wanted to get mm-hmm. to my palate cleanser oh yes 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 my palate cleanser which is something that has nothing to do with true crime it's just something to leave you with um because mm-hmm. um true crime could be a bummer um but my palate cleanser this week is a surprise travel agency called pack up and go yeah i'm sure i've talked about it before but um i just got back from a pack up and go trip and if you do not know i'm gonna look up the website right now to read what they describe themselves as it is really really fun so if i'm the kind of person that i like actually planning a trip like my trip starts when i like book the plane tickets because i'm like okay now i get to research what we're gonna do the fun stuff around i get to find like cool airbnbs or hotels or like stuff to do so i like planning a trip i have a lot of people in my life that do not like planning trips they just want to go on a trip they don't want to have to do anything about it just somebody else do my shit for me um and travel agencies have kind of uh dwindled in the past couple of years because a lot of people can plan their own shit because there's the internet and you can find out a bunch of stuff to do um but if you like a little bit of surprise in your life you can Mm -hmm. uh sign up with pack up and go uh their description on their website says quote want to go on a vacation but don't have time to plan what if you don't know where you want to go what if you want to be surprised pack up and go plans trips around the united states all you have to do is decide how you're getting to your destination your number of travelers complete the pre-trip survey and tell us your budget then we'll book your travel and accommodations all while keeping your destination a surprise so the week before you go on your trip so you fill out this this little survey and Mm -hmm. Uh, put your your budget in you'd like pay the 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 fee or whatever and you can take a plane trip um a road trip um there's an outdoors trip which will go to like kind of a secluded location that's like a like kind of sometimes it's national parks and stuff um and then there's also staycations they started doing this during covid where (gasps) you can like kind of like discover your own city or your own area which is really fun i love that yeah um, but I have done three of the plane trips. So a mm-hmm. week before, after you filled all your stuff out, they will send you an email saying, this is what the weather is going to look like in your destination. You should be prepared to pack this type of stuff. So mm-hmm. my very first trip, I went to Miami. And yes. in the pre-trip, in the, the week before email, they was like, it's going to be warm. It's going to be like this. They were like, pack a bathing suit because you're going to need it. Pack like good walking shoes. Um, yeah. Get ready for like some good local foods and stuff like that. So yeah. they, uh, they tell you when to be at the airport. You basically put in like, uh, this is like the airport that I prefer to leave from. I am in mm-hmm. the New York, New Jersey area. So I have a pretty good, uh, choice, choice of airports yeah. to leave from. Um, so you can do that. The road trip one I have not done, but I know that they will like you use your own car and mm-hmm. they will send you an itinerary. They'll send you like the final destination, but they'll send you an itinerary. So like you're going to go this sort of direction and little stops that you're going to take on your way. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So fun um oh i love all of this and then the day before they send you the updated weather just so you're the most up to date because you don't know where you're going so it's the most up to date mm-hmm. so this last one that i went on with elliot we went to san antonio texas they said it was gonna rain the whole time so obviously we packed like it was gonna rain the whole time and mm-hmm. it ended up not thank yeah thankfully for us um hold on elliot's gonna come and talk about it 
We we learned <laughs> one thing that was consistent from all San Antonio natives is that you never trust the weather forecast. <laughs> they, they, and they were saying, like, you never plan on it raining unless it says 100% rain. And we were like, two of the days said 100%. And it, it was, was fucking to, bone dry. It was supposed to be torrential wow. downpours. Like, it was honestly, like, supposed to be, like, really, really bad. But it ended up only a little bit thunderstorming on the day we were leaving, mm-hmm. which was fine. It kind of yeah. cooled stuff down a little bit. I mean, it was yeah. humid and hot the entire time, but we were prepared for that. Oh, what beautiful but the like, photos that you posted. And they, they book you at like the nicest, like literally the hotel that I stayed at in it Miami. It was so pretty. The hotel I stayed oh, at in Miami was literally the nicest hotel I've ever stayed at in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I will stay at a place that- wasn't it? Uh, it, yeah, it was waterfront, yeah. And yeah, the place I stayed yeah. in San Antonio was on the Riverwalk, which is like oh right in the downtown, right in the middle of everything. You can really Stunning. walk to a lot of stuff. And they give you, um, like once you uh, once you get to the um, the day of your trip, a couple days before, mm-hmm. they're going to send you an envelope that has all of these. Uh, it has like your destination in it, and it has yeah. like all of your little suggestions. It has like your hotel and and all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to the airport. You, obviously, I mean, you can open the envelope when you receive it. No one's stopping you from opening the envelope. But the fun no. thing is, you get to the airport and you open the envelope and you find out where yeah. you're going literally minutes before you get on the flight. <laughs> so that's yeah. what we did. So we opened it up. We find out we're going to San Antonio. We're like, oh, wow. So we're sitting at the terminal waiting to get onto the flight and we're looking through our little thing and it says, this is what your hotel is. We booked you at this hotel. You can check in at this time, uh, but don't don't worry. If you get there early, you can drop off their, your bags. They can hold them at the desk while you start oh, exploring. That's nice. Yeah, so you can do that. And they were like, okay, well, we booked you. Um, we got you reservations for dinner at this place on this night, this place on this mm-hmm. night, this place on this night. It's not, the dinners weren't paid for, but they made the reservations because right. they're fancier places. So like, yeah, we need reservations for them. And then yeah. they also, um, they can only guarantee that their your budget is going to cover mm-hmm. your travel and accommodations. But if you choose a higher mm-hmm. budget, they might have some money left over. So right. on um, on the the second trip that I did with my other friend, Caitlin, first friend, mm-hmm. Caitlin, uh, Hi, we went to Minneapolis. And we mm-hmm. had a little bit of a higher budget when we went. So they booked us a food tour that was all paid for. We got to do a walking food tour. Nice. They gave us some Uber credit. Um, and I think that was it. I don't really remember. I can look back because I saved all the but stuff. But still. But on this one that I uh, went on to San Antonio, they booked us tickets for the uh, San Antonio Botanical Gardens. And that's not something mm-hmm. I probably would have picked for myself. But we got tickets for no. the Saturday that we were there. So we went. It was fantastic we spent hours there it It was so cool but in the pre-trip survey you're you they ask you like stuff you're interested in do you like to go to museums do you like to go to outdoor parks and stuff uh what are you like hole in the wall restaurants um they have one that says lgbtqia hotspots like they're gonna send you somewhere safe then um they even have there's a, a thing that's on the survey that's like okay well where are places that 
um you've been to recently where's the last couple of places you've been to yeah as like a, a personal trip where are places that you go so often because either family lives there or whatever right. um so they're not going to send you to a place you've already been to i'm a little scattered or to talking a place about this. where your family might be exactly i'm a little scattered <laughs> talking about this but if you want more information literally dm me um you can find my uh instagram on our crime culture instagram um dm me i will give you the whole fucking pitch if you are interested in doing a pack up and go trip please email us or dm (laughs) me i have a referral code i literally have a referral code so please dm me i will get points on future stuff you can start getting points on your trips yeah so definitely highly recommend you can do it i'm not kidding i may want that (laughs) yeah you can do it with friends from other cities my friend Kay and i she -hmm. lives in boston i live in new jersey they they planned the flights so that we got there around the same time and they planned everything so that we were leaving around the same time they can plan a bachelorette parties (gasps) they can plan uh little like friend reunions Um, that's so cute anything like i'm thinking about doing another one as like a double date trip like uh, it just hi. sounds yeah i'm right? down it i sounds, am so down it is so cool i want to do one of the road trip ones i want to do one of the outdoor ones definitely um, i want to do one of these now right? like you really have sold it to me like- it's called pack up and go i can't recommend it more this, again this was my third trip that i've done i had so mm-hmm. much fucking fun and you know what if they send you to a place and you open the envelope and you're like Ugh, i'm going to this place I like I wasn't jazzed about going to Minneapolis, but you know what? We had a blast in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I had been to San Antonio like once before for a couple hours and I'm like, "Oh my god, are we going to be able to find 4 days worth of shit to do in San Antonio?" <laughs> we had more than enough to do. Like yeah. there was still stuff on our they send you all these recommendations of places to eat uh with little descriptions, places to go, uh, like things to do, like the price ranges of stuff, indoor activities, outdoor wow. activities, parks to go on hikes to go on again message me and i will give you the whole fucking pitch i'll show you all of the stuff that was given to me for my trip i can't recommend it more it's perfect so it's called pack up and go message me for the link i will send you a referral code and you can plan your own trip and this is the longest palate cleanser we've ever done (laughs) no but it's worth it oh my god and if you want to message us uh, our email is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr. That's not the email. That's the website. No, it's not, but the that's okay. The website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. The email is crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make it to the website, you can find our links. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, you can DM us on any of those for access to our Discord we have so much fun in the discord like i said i've been sharing some mm-hmm. arts and crafts we also share our little furry friends i give yep. spoilers uh for the episodes on mondays like I little lurk. gifts they're fun yeah caitlin lurks i interact <laughs> a little bit more um yeah so join our discord by messaging us and we'll send you the link um join our patreon for as little as a dollar as much as whatever you want you can get episodes early stuff like Mm -hmm. that you can vote uh which we're putting up a poll i think as we're talking right now yep um what we talk about at the end of each month um you can do that i think the link is in our link tree and also on our website for that yep and i think that's it do we have anything else to say not that i can think of Okay, cool. 
um this has been crime culture and we will see you next tuesday yes we bye. will bye